two or three weeks. Cool. And what were you doing uh, before this? Oh, man, I'm, I'm Mr. Sales, bro. Or I was Mr. Sales. So uh, prior to that, I was in the military. So I did eight years in the Navy. And uh, even when I was in the military, I was doing, you know, the sales stuff and, you know, have my own business, the whole nine. But uh, once I got out the military, I got into to sales on a corporate level. I actually got my first sales job out the military at uh, a university I went to school at. And um, they were supposed to be an enrollment counselor. And that it, it was an enrollment counselor, but really it was like cold calling for people that wanted to go to school, selling education. And then, uh, yeah, I left from there and went to Google, or it was actually a company that was getting acquired by Google uh, called WebPass. And they like do high speed uh, internet, so fiber. Uh, and it, it's, it's a pretty cool technology because it's not regular fiber, it's actually point to point radio. So they were shooting these signals um, wirelessly and giving people like, you know, a thousand megabits per second. You know, it was crazy. So mm-hmm. I went there and rocked out. We got acquired by Google. And then I, after that, I went back to school um, I got a master's degree in marketing because I thought I was still wanting to be in sales. Then uh, I started, I got picked up by this uh, tech company called Logically. Okay. And they're, a, yeah, they're an MSP. And when I was there, that's when I kind of went full-fledged into wanting to, to get out of sales and actually move into more of the tech side because we had some dudes there that was engineers, man. We had this one cat that was a pen tester that was he was beastie. He was, to be honest with you, his whole office was tight. It was the colors, you know, he had built his own computer and looked like a techno club in there. And he was rocking out. And I was in a suit <laughs> meeting with clients all day, man. It, I was like, I need his life. So um, I started talking to one of my boys, one of the engineers that I worked with, and he had pushed some buttons. He was automating scripts. I had never seen that before. And he had pushed some buttons on his laptop. And then all of a sudden, the dude in the cubicle across from him, the monitor went black. And then um, something else happened on, on the screen. And I was like, how'd you do that, man? He was like, oh, we mess with each other all day. And this is what this, let me show you real quick. Uh, and then that was my last time in sales, man. After that, I went to school for uh, cybersecurity. I actually finished my capstone last week or last month to be actually with you. But uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what I was doing before here. I was super sales. <laughs> dope dope man so um what did what did your capstone like uh consist of because uh i know mine we had a capstone it was a uh, system analysis and design that's what my capstone was in undergrad and we had to pick like something that was a real world issue like around the university or something else that we could actually kind of implement and we just did something simple we did like a, a inventory system for i think we had like a a bowling alley in our um what's the thing called that people go to when you, you you hoop and you play pool and I cannot think of that thing that name for nothing man it's gonna come to me uh, like a rec hall it's like a rec but they they call it something when you in um when you're in college they actually got a, another name for the rec I forget what it's called but oh well <laughs> we'll just rock with the rec but um yeah so we we end up doing that where you just have to kind of design it on Vizio and program it and go talk to the people so that's kind of what we did it wasn't really anything security related back then but i'm pretty sure uh you guys had um a product i mean a project that had to be more you know security focused yeah i mean my project was 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 fire to be honest with you man uh 
like I told you before, like I, I, I got turned on the cyber by the pen testing part of it and messing with stuff. So the way my cohort worked, we all moved through the program at the same time, but it was me and two other people that really um, stuck with each other in terms of a group because we liked how each other flow. It was one uh, one young lady, uh, my homegirl Martha, she's already in IT and she deals with policy. So she likes to write. Um, me, I was all about figuring stuff out and breaking into systems. If we could do it, let's get it in. And we had another guy named Mark and he was fresh out the Marines and he, uh, kind of on the same plane as me, like, hey, let's figure this stuff out and let's let's get to it. So for our capstone, his brother worked for a solar company. And what we did was uh, we purchased a solar communication device. What it does is it, it communicates with the solar panels and your inverters, but it's connected through your router. So that way, you know, say you have some solar panels on your roof and you want to see the status of it, how much energy you've saved or X, Y, and Z, they give you a full dashboard, but it's all connected through this device. You can control the solar panels. And we wanted to see if we could uh, break into the device and then or through the router or however we might be able to do it and then use that to pivot into other devices connected to the network. Um, really cool. We had one of my old professors and one of my mentors help us out with portions of the project, but we um, did everything from soldering uh, ports onto the actual hardware. We broke the, the case open. We looked at we looked at every piece of equipment inside of that device and then found out if there was vulnerabilities for it, if there was some way for us to hack the stuff. We uh, soldered a port into it where we could put a thumb drive and we extracted the information directly from the device. Then uh, we ran all kind of like in-map scans and just wireless uh, attacks on the device to actually, you know, capture the handshake and then, you know, try to break into the device and gain uh, the, especially the, 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 you know, command and control of it. But that, that was a cool project, man. That was really cool. And other people in our in our cohort, they were doing simple stuff. Like I had a few people do hack the box or, you know, just general uh, linking up with a company or trying to because we did all this during COVID, you know, and trying to do pen tests. But we actually broke into the device. And the whole point of it was not only to, um, you know, for, for our grade, but we felt like since it was a device that people were actually using, like when we gave our presentation, two of the faculty actually said that they had this device at their house. So this was our way of contributing to, you know, to the IT community as students. Um, but yeah, that, that was our, our program. And I got the whole presentation. Obviously, we're not going to run into that. But it, it was a really dope experience, man. Just all the different tools we got to use, um, seeing how you can actually, you know, attack something physically. And it's not as it's not as easy as they show it on YouTube. You know, I think on YouTube, a lot of times you get the easy bake oven version. You get somebody say, look, we're going to do this. You know, 10 seconds later, it's accomplished. But in real life, man, it's a whole lot of bumping your head and scratching and figuring out, man, what, what we do wrong and what, what else can we do to make this uh, work the way that we need to. So it, it was definitely a fun, uh, fun project. Yeah, man, um, that's what's up that y'all pretty much did something practical that you could also tie into like when you're interviewing or say it on LinkedIn and other things of that nature to where you could pretty much pitch that because I know one of the issues 
it does happen to the people that don't have a lot of experience or whatever is, you know, they haven't really worked on anything or, or, or did anything. But the way that you just went into detail about that, and I'm pretty sure in interviews or something, you went even more in detail, you know, about maybe the type of MAP scans that y'all ran or the type of uh, uh, wireless attacks y'all did on the machine, which would be something, you know, I'll say, we'll just use it right here. I mean, the word good is subjective, but normally good managers, good directors or whatever would be impressed by that. And they like that because that's a passion. You know, like you said, you saw people just doing uh, regular things, which is cool. Cause I mean, it's still knowledge based, but it's, you know, I was listening to shout out to, uh, I think it's, I think it's, I pronounce it Dewan Lightfoot. I think that's how I pronounce his name lab every day on a, uh, he got a YouTube channel and he's on LinkedIn, Twitter, check him out. And he had uh DJX alpha and two other guys on there, but I, I shared his, uh, his live stream that he did a couple of weekends ago with digital Empress and a lot of those guys are in the offensive part and red team part of cybersecurity. And they were telling people like, yeah, just because you pass OSCP, Pentest Plus, um, EJPT, and it was some other search they brought up. It was like, you know, that's fine, but you're going to realize once you get in the real world, it's not that cut and dry. And you saw that firsthand. Yeah. And I think that's what some people don't understand is the fact that YouTube is condensed. Like even me, for example, I did a lab that I recorded uh, that's on my channel now. It was just doing like instant response. But that was an hour. It's normally, first of all, it's not going to take an hour. Just, <laughs> just the other day at work, looking at my environment for different things. I was trying to see if we had any traces of like that deer cry ransomware. Or oh, yeah. In our environment, you know, those searches were taking a while, you know. So, I mean, and that was a lot of time. I'm figuring out what logs, what type of like we got, like how the logs come in with different like type of Palo Alto logs that I had to key in to see which ones actually key in for threats and traffic, you know, and that that in itself uh, takes a minute. But um, let's go into. So you said you were in sales. How did you go about getting the position you have now? Like, did you interview a lot or how did you go about doing that? Bro, so this is a story, man. Like th- the short version, the condensed, you know, we're going to YouTube this is. No, go ahead and give us the, give us the meat and potatoes, <laughs> man. We got to, you know, because people got to gotta hear this. So they, they kind of yeah, hear what no, you're going through. Let's, let's rock because. Man, this is going to be the realest conversation. Like, everybody that know me know I keep it honest. And y'all, like my man said, if y'all get inserts and y'all get in these pieces of paper to stick on the wall and feel good and get it out of boy, that's that's cool. But you got to you gotta really push. You got to be more than just a certificate. And you got to really know what you're doing. And you got to put those hours in. I was watching something the other day where it says where energy goes, money flows. And that's 100%. So my process was... The first thing was realizing that I had a passion for this, that it wasn't something like, you know, I'm just going to do it because to get the bag or I'm going to just do it, you know, in the meantime, like I'm really interested in this stuff. You know, I, I'm listening to podcasts about cybersecurity, obviously, you know, me being on YouTube, constantly getting new updates and information about different tools that I can use and things that I can practice on even following somebody like yourself, you know, that's how I came in contact with you. And, you know, thanks for even having this interview, but uh, after outside of that, it was, you know, putting those hours in, in school and then finding out what else I could do to 
not only contribute to the community, but to get noticed. Um, and that did come about with me, um, you know, doing a whole lot of cert- certifications. I started off with my pen, with my security plus. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think I overstudied for that. You know, it took me like three months when it probably should have, it could have been done in a month, but, you know, making sure that I understood the information was more important than me getting that piece of paper. Um, and I coupled that with my schoolwork and then I had a, you know, I still do have a try hack me account. I hacked the box account, you know, and then outside of that networking with the people that's in the community, like reaching out, like I talked to you, um, you know, reaching out to my teachers, seeing and letting anybody and everybody, you know, in my cohort, in my class, like, hey, look, Antoine is is active, not only in this class, but I'm I'm, I'm going to push. I'm trying to push and get into this other um, industry. You know, that's why I'm here with y'all right now. And I'm going to do any and everything I can to make it happen. So once I got my security plus, um, I decided, hey, well, I want to, I kind of felt discouraged, to be honest with you. And, you know, that's to keep it a buck. My man had, my guy, Mark, the one that's usually in my group, he had his security plus and he got it probably like in a month. And I would say two or three weeks later, he got his first role in IT and it was a help desk position. And he didn't have any IT background. And I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm behind the curve, but I, I need to, I need to pick this up. So at the time I, I wasn't, uh, working, I was just going to school. So I, I, I put the rest of my time in these other certifications. So I went and got my pen test plus. Once I got my pen test plus, I figured, hey, well, that's two certs under my belt. You know, I'm, I'm halfway through with this program. And I started just applying to, to jobs. My uh, instructor told me that, you know, typically the role, especially for somebody that's not, you know, doesn't have an IT background, what they should do is go with help desk. So I started literally, I put together a resume. I had, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. So I had uh, Hiring Heroes, I believe that's the name of it. They're a service that works for veterans to, to put the resume together and walk you through the whole process. And they put together something nice for me. It was good that I got to throw my certifications on there. And literally I went to every job board I can think of. I went to LinkedIn, I went to Monster, I went to Indeed, um, Dice, uh, Craigslist, man, any and everywhere where I can put this thing up, you would think that I was trying to go viral. I was out there. Um, and then in the meantime, reading through these uh, the, the job wrecks, because for me, the biggest thing, and I guess this is the term that people are using now, it's that unicorn. They're looking for a unicorn. You know, like I had the certifications. A lot of them said, hey, we need security plus as a baseline. And they might have had two or three other certifications on top of that, which are attainable. But the one thing you can't get is that, hey, I need seven years experience with this. I need five years experience, especially with somebody like me, you know, coming from a sales background. That was like this. That was the discouraging part, especially seeing how hard that I was working um, to get noticed and to let people know, uh, hey, man, I'm, 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 I'm valuable. I got a, I got a good skill set right now. Uh, that turned me into honestly going back to sales is what probably helped me was me making sure I was vocal on LinkedIn and letting other people know that what I was doing. I had listened to a podcast and somebody said, yo, this is 2021. There's no reason why you shouldn't have a thousand new connections in whatever industry you decide to be moving into or the industry that you're currently involved in. And for me, what that meant was going on and getting really involved in the community. And that's not just going on LinkedIn and adding 50 people a day. That's 
you know, following people's posts, you know, uh, commenting on stuff and, and giving my own insights to, and it, it worked because to kind of just kind of speed up a little bit, the interview for the job that I'm at right now, uh, for the security analyst job, I was in the middle of the interview and it was going great, you know, kind of like how we talking right now, it was real casual going back and forth. And the guy brought up, um, so Antoine, I had looked on your LinkedIn and I noticed in your comments that you replied to somebody's post, you gave them a congratulations for them passing their pen test plus, but you also said that was a fun exam. I hope you enjoyed it. And I don't, I never heard anybody say that before, but I tell you guys this, or I'm telling you this in specifics is because you don't never know who's looking out. You don't never know who's watching you, but putting yourself out there is a great way to do it. Um, Yeah, and even when I was at my last job, every week I would go on LinkedIn and post up, you know, these are the current cybersecurity trends. And this is things that you need to look out for for your business because I was selling IT equipment at that time. But um, yeah, man, really knocking these certifications out and applying to any and everything. And it was crazy because I had a lot of uh, interviews, but it was for people that wanted to to bring me on to sell SaaS equipment, man. I had a few out of all the help desk jobs I applied for. I had two people get back to me and one of them, I thought I was really going to get somebody had, and this is after putting out like 20, 30, you know, applications. That, that's something else I want to let the people know. Like it's not a one and done. It's a grind, like 100%. Um, but the people that interviewed me, uh, the, the HR person, she was great. Then they got on online with me and started talking technical terms, you know, about how to set up printers and not to put myself out there, but to be honest with you, I, I didn't know that stuff. I was like, I know how to break into this network because that's what I was studying at school. I was like, I don't know how to set up simple stuff like a computer. And, you know, I, I just don't know. So I didn't get the job. Um, funny thing is, those same people hit me back a month later when they had a sales role open up <laughs> at the at their tech company. Uh, but, you know, once again, I, I put my head back down and kept grinding. I ended up getting my my AWS. I had a teacher for, so first, uh, the Pentest Plus and the Security Plus. My, one of my professors and role models is uh, a guy named, our mentor, is a guy named John Helmus. And he's like a professional red team. He's pretty big on uh, this in pen testing in that community. And he was the one that kind of urged me to go that way. Then I had another uh, mentor and he's a cloud guy. He, he works for a big company. And what he does is he, he gets contracts with companies and he goes out with them and helps them migrate their on-premises uh, network into the cloud. So he said, yeah, I can send you all to a pen test, but what if it's nothing on premises? You need to learn the cloud, learn AWS. So I went and got my cloud practitioner cert, and then I got my uh, solutions architect certification. And then I did the whole the whole process again, man. I went back and, and sent a, a thousand resumes, applied to everything. And it was cool because people, remember I told you I wanted to add that thousand, you know, or get as close as I can to that thousand uh, contacts on LinkedIn and letting people know that I'm out here. Well, people started replying back. You know, people was following me. I would get a lot of messages in my inbox. Hey, congratulations. I see what you're doing. And it was good because this wasn't just salespeople. These were people that had, you know, ranking positions inside of IT companies. Uh, then what ended up happening was, man, I got towards the end. I got towards the end of this program, like towards my capstone. And I started like panicking. I'm like, all right, well, I, I got to do something. So just as a, a plan B and I, I feel kind of bad about doing it, but I had a plan B and I, I just started applying to sales jobs, started applying to sales jobs that were in SaaS. You know, at least it was going to be something that I, I, I can say, look, well, it's at least still related to technology. 
And, you know, my goal is I can get in, I can kill the sales. I know I can do that. And hopefully I can transition into an IT role, but I didn't need to. Um, all this grinding that I was doing, the company I work for right now, the guy reached out to me on a, I don't even know where he got my resume from. I didn't apply to the job at all. Uh, one day I had somebody get in contact with me on LinkedIn. It was uh, the hiring manager and he sent me an email. He, he's like, hey, you know, I've seen your credentials. I'd love to, uh, to have a short chat with you. Let me know if you got some time. And then I went to my LinkedIn because, you know, right now that's my social media platform. And he also sent me a message and he said, hey, do you know this guy? Um, he's in your connections. And that's my cousin. That's crazy. If you know him. Well, this dude he was talking about was one of my um, one of my one of my guys at my first sales role out, out of the military. And me and him, he kind of mentored me into the role. And, you know, we did really good together. So I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I know him. Uh, you know, this is our background. Then uh, I looked at his LinkedIn page and realized, oh, man, he was in the military. And oh, man, he also wasn't a IT when he was in the military. I thought he was a I thought he was a chief, an ITC. And he said, no, I did medical. And to be honest with you, I spent the majority of my time with the Marines. So uh, just being able to network with him on that level, I think, was something that really helped me um, get this role that I'm in. You know, by the graces of, of whatever, you know, he was able to find me. Uh, and I didn't have to apply for the position because I was still actively putting out applications. I became a professional interviewer. Like I could speak very well. Um, and I learned how to pick up on key terms and see what was going, if the interview was going well, if it wasn't, you know, and if it wasn't, or if, even if it was, I still learned something and was able to apply that to the next interview. But with uh, this this particular uh, role, it, it was cool. Like we, I had asked him about his background, um, he asked me about mine. He already seen my certifications. He had obviously did his due diligence because this was the same guy who told me he went inside of my comments and saw the congratulations I left to the gentleman that had passed his pen test plus. And uh, everything went well. It was funny because I had accepted a role at another place for sales just to have something in the meantime. And I actually uh, <laughs> I actually did have the interview with him on LinkedIn while I was on shift at my other job. Like, so that in itself was kind of funny. Uh, then during my break, I did the rest of the interview. We ended up uh, scheduling for a second interview. And this is where I want y'all to really listen. So I was, our interview went so well that we scheduled the second interview for about two days out. I needed to meet with the lead analyst and he told me, hey, well, you know, this is going to be more of a technical interview and, you know, make sure you know your commands. And he kind of gave me the heads up. Like, I, I like you a lot. So just make sure that you that you come correct and you know what you're talking about. Well, two days later, I looked on my uh, on my calendar and it was canceled. So I sent him a, a, a LinkedIn message and I was like, hey, well, I noticed the the our interview was canceled. You know, did you plan on rescheduling it? And five minutes later, the person from HR gave me a call and said uh, he would like to extend the offer to you. So and this is while I'm at the other job. So that that's pretty much my, my story, you know, is, is grinding and honestly selling myself going above and beyond actually knowing this stuff. Like you got to be able to demonstrate it and you got to be able to, to speak towards it. If somebody asks you a question, because if you just got a piece of paper, you know, once again, if you got the piece of paper and you don't know anything about what you actually study, it's like the person in class that reads that paragraph. And then when a teacher asks them at the end, 
So what you just read about, and if you don't have nothing to say, well, you just lost out on the opportunity. My bad, bro. That's like that's long. <laughs> that's oh, long. You, no, we no, rocking. No, no, no. <laughs> I was I was rocking with with everything you were saying because you literally conveyed, you know, what I say on my LinkedIn posts, what I say on my YouTube videos, what I tell people on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Twitter, but Twitter's gotten like really good for me as well. I'm I'm that that guy that's making the shocking. Uh, tweets now about the industry, but you literally said, you know, everything that I would tell my clients to do, because it's funny, I actually just met with a guy who's uh, has a background actually in sales in the steel industry. Uh, and, hmm. uh, and so I actually, uh, after this, I'm going to connect you with him. Maybe you can give him some more points, especially come from that, that sales background. But um, uh, anyways, yeah, man, that's, and I'm glad you were very transparent about you know, your process, because we've all been there. Like, you know, for me, uh, my blog that I just put out on my website, I was talking about how, look, I had my set plus and my first job was help this. And I did that for like two years. And it was more so because I didn't, I didn't do well, what you did. I didn't do that. You know, the only thing I did was, I'm going to say it was just luck. I just looked up and went to a career fair for Intel uh, what was that, hmm. five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago, I just looked up and I left. I left a work function to go there. That's like that's how bad I wanted it. I was like, I remember that. I remember you. I remember watching your video on this. Go, no, talk about it though. Talk about it. I just, I just thought about it. I got you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I was looking. I don't know if I applied to a job because you know you can sign up for the uh, talent acquisition newsletters, and then uh, either the one of the HR people emailed me and I just started asking about what roles they had and shoot, I just got my resume out and went and talked to uh, one of the guys. And that, that's pretty much how it went. They were setting up their own internal shop. And that's how it worked, just being in the right place at the right time. And that's really sometimes all it is. Uh, like I said, then I don't know if you saw the other video. I got like a hundred jobs told me no. Like I, I, I still got that, that spreadsheet. You a beast with that. I saw that spreadsheet. I, I, that kind of reminded me of Michael Jordan. Like he remember everybody. <laughs> like, but I, like, I love the organization. Like that's cool. Yeah, so it's one of the things that I learned when I was laid off. Uh, what they helped me with was like how to track my job search. And so every time I do a consultation now with people, I, I give them a blank sheet like that to where they could track it, where I ask them if they get an offer uh, or things of that nature, because it actually helps you remember what you apply to. Because it's funny how you said just putting your, your resume everywhere. That's how, That was me in, in 2013, 2014. And sometimes I forgot I even applied to positions. They would call me, hey, uh, we calling you about this. I'm like, what position? Yeah, it's, I was like, oh, I, I I used to forget, and um, I'm happy that you were able to go to rap like just you it because you had too much skill to be sitting dormant on help this. Um, I one of people too. Sometimes I'll tell people to do help this. Sometimes if it's just for them, like is if they don't know what they want to do and they just want to get some experience and figure out, I say, well. I would say do entry level help desk and then figure out what path you want to go and you'll begin some IT experience while I'll figure it out. But if you already know, you just got to work harder of, of somebody giving you a chance and you put yourself out there, you were talking to people. And that's why I tell people, I say, listen, LinkedIn's algorithm works for like off of visibility. It's like a lot of people that's connected. Um, they see stuff and everybody see, like with me, like since I started this channel about in July and I really started branding myself like, so many people look at my LinkedIn and I'm like, man, I think it really helped me with 
interviews because uh, I mean, I mean we gonna, I'm up about this. I don't care, but I, I've been interviewing too while I've been at work. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's some crazy stuff, man. It, it's a I tell people when it comes to infosec, it's a it's a small world. Uh, I forgot what tweet or something I did, but I was telling people about like you know, don't kind of cheat your way through it. You know, just be transparent about your skills. But if you can sell your passion. You know, they can work with you because if you lie, it puts a bad taste in their mouth. You know, they might be friends with another CISO and say, no, nah, I remember them at my company. They weren't that good. They lied on their resume. And, you know, you can get yeah. blacklisted like that. And that's not something you want to happen. I get why, you know, it's I mean, it's a travesty. They're going to have to revamp that that D.C. DMV area because that's what's going on up there. And it's only because they are looking for unicorns. They like I don't for the life of me, I'm in a, a group on Facebook, like a black IT group and these government jobs are telling people they need, they want them to have sick plus. And I'm like, why? They're not going to use sick plus. I literally will help this. You can train a person one or two weeks and they'll be fine. They don't need that stuff. And you got these people getting sick plus and CEH and just to do help this. And, you know, that's a lot of money to waste just to do something that's regular for just talking to people. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that's why, first, I, I think you should have some integrity. Like, you know, no matter if you're doing an interview or you're doing just regular life stuff, you could be chatting to somebody. Like, you should always be honest. So when you say, hey, lying on your resume, don't do it. it it's a horrible idea. I, I would say don't lie in general. Be an honest and transparent person. Um, like earlier you said, people, you know, you can get the job off of the passion. Like, I, I told and this is like 100%, like for the last year and a half, like, man, my life has been nothing, but I, I do training. So it's either physical training or mental training. So if I'm not working out, if I'm not hiking, dude, I'm, and if I'm not with my family, I'm doing some kind of IT stuff. I'm on, I'm practicing labs. I'm, I'm doing something related to IT. So, you know, just the passion that I had. And I told, I told him, I said, look, man, I work whatever hours you want. And a lot of this could be probably because I'm prior military and my whole thing is like, just get the mission done by any means necessary. But I was like, look, to be honest with you, you're doing me a solid. I was like, with all the hours that I spent, you know, in school studying, offline studying, um, all the money I spent on these certifications, you know, not to count my education, I would love to get paid for all this stuff I've been paying for. Like, I would love that. So, just the desire that I had to, and you know, my hunger, even right now, like I, I've been studying the tools that we have at our job, like offline, just so I can make sure that I'm not better than the other person, but you know, I'm going to level up. I want to really know this stuff and understand it. But um, yeah, man, but outside of that too, I think you also spoke on, uh, you know, the unicorn, like it, it's people like you that, that I think, you know, deserve all those LinkedIn views and deserve the subscriptions, you know, to your page because, you know, it got to be somebody that look like us. You need that representation, but you also need somebody to be honest with you and let you know, like, man, instead of spending all your money on this, you might want to go to this route because that's what my mentors did for me. Like before I got this job, I was really thinking like probably because I'm not an IT person. Well, I wasn't. So I was like, probably I did something wrong. Let me go back and get my A plus. Let me go back and get my network plus. Matter of fact, I was about probably two days away from signing back up to go back to school to get a bachelor's. I got two master's degrees. I was gonna go back to school to get a bachelor's degree in computer science, just so I, I can have a clear route because that's what I thought that I needed to get into this space. So yeah, man, it, it's just crazy the, the amount of weight that that you can put on yourself or you could think that's out there. But like, like my man been saying this whole conversation, it just talk to people, be transparent and know the skills. 
know the skills and put in the work. Like, don't think it's going to come to you. It, it, it man, it kind of came to me, but that was that, that was the return on investment, I think, to be honest with you. I think it's cool how you said, hey, man, like I, I went to a career fair and got into it. Like, that's cool. I, I, wish, I wish I could have did that, man. <laughs> but, bro, man, it's, it's so many stories before that of, of just getting ghosted of, you know, like I put in a, how I, why I knew I had to leave my company that I was with because they kept on holding me back intentionally, like, you know, finding out that they wanted me to be on the sock at that company and you know, my manager just wouldn't let me go. And then even come to me and say, well, we're going to take care of you, you know, since, you know, we don't want you to go, you know, no type of, you know, formalities or anything like that. So, uh, you know, um, I was pretty much upset with that, but I was thinking about something else when you were talking and I believe it was about representation. Okay. So I made a tweet. Um, yesterday I had an interview uh, with the manager and she was a black woman. So I had tweeted on Twitter, you know, you know, interview went well and my interviewer was a black woman and some lame, you know, replied to it. So, you know, it could just be a good interview. It don't have to be about race. And I'm like, first of all, if you know the landscape, of this industry, you know, it's not that many black people, let alone black women. That's why I tweeted that because, you know, somebody out there needed to see, oh, they got black managers that are women out here. Like that was my first time. I can't tell you me and I forgot who else was talking about this, but how I, what I did used to get discouraged about three years ago when I wasn't working was the fact that every time I interviewed in person, nobody looked like me or the ghosting or talking to people that didn't, you know, look and sound like me, you know, like feeding me, you know, BS or, or stuff like that. So people really don't understand until it's reverse. And it's like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable. I feel like, you know, I've told someone, I don't know, it's on one of these podcasts, but I said, I low key feel like uh, somewhat in cyber, they do stuff kind of like the Rooney rule uh, to where they just interview just to interview. They really don't have any intentions of getting or picking you up. Yeah, I heard that interview. I think that's you were talking to Sherry. Yeah. I think that might. Yeah, and I, her story was cool too. Especially, I just picked up on it because you said, um, you know, the person that interviewed you was a black woman, and it sounded like for her, that was she, her. The person that interviewed her, I think, I brought her in. You know, is is a black woman, and that by itself is is awesome. You know, to see how that helped her and her and her um her career. I'm pretty sure just seeing somebody like that in that role, um, you know, gave her the motivation to go harder, you know, just like that, even though it's, it's a black woman, your situation, you know, ha- have you thinking like, man, I'm, I'm gonna go and rock out too. Like, it's weird when you get in those positions. And I think that people that aren't, you know, the minority, they don't understand it all the time. You know, it, it's not like we trying to make an issue out of it, but it's important to let people know, hey, we here, you know, and, and to be that voice, it's other options. To where um you know you could do for work or just even if it's something for a hobby like we out here and you know we got your back oh definitely man you know and like for me and it, it is not me you know trying to incriminate my people but let, let's let's use layman terms right you know some of our people in our community you know they're thieves you know they break into things or something like that but what it would take for somebody that got introduced to red team at a younger age and take that same mindset and, you know, do it on the network. Cause it's not the same thing, but it is the same type of thought process, which are reconnaissance, figuring out how you're going to do this, what time this 
you know, physical access. What time did this dude go for a shift? Like, prime example, I worked at Target uh, years ago. And we was getting hit up for TVs. What we found out was every time they was doing the change of when they were coming to electronics, they would get the TVs and go out the back door and the fire alarm had a delay on it. That's similar to someone doing something on the network because they did their, you know what I'm saying, their due diligence. But how they play themselves, like most criminals do, is they always come back instead of just hitting the click and going. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what, funny. I, 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 I tried to break this down to somebody. Um, it's funny because sometimes when you talk to people that's not in tech or not interested, it's kind of hard for them to wrap their brain around the concept. And I had to tell this person, it's almost like I'm I'm an ethical criminal. Like I, I'm a case to join and I'm going to figure out, you know, what's the best method to get in here. You know, that's your reconnaissance. That's your enumeration. Um, and then I'm going to exploit it. I'm going to find the vulnerability. Is the window open? I'm, I'm going to get inside. But on the flip side, I'm going to actually, you know, show you how to protect it. It's the same thing as the streets. And I think that's why technology is so cool, especially cyber, is because what I see in the future is everything that we have physical, like even this table that I'm sitting at, this desk, you know, everything is just in the cloud. All they're doing is creating digital forms of this world. And right now, if you can relate to what you do in real life, to what you want to do in the, in, in cyber, it's, it's essentially the same exact thing. Hey, that's that's big facts. And, and that's one of the things that I tell people, like I always tell people, I'm not super technical. Like I know what I'm doing at my job, but I, I'm not going to jargon you to death. And I think I've been, you know, granted the ability to just talk to people in layman's terms that, especially if I go up top to somebody C-Lick or C-Level. Uh, C <laughs> yeah. Or um, something as simple as like if I had my own business and I had to tell a small business, you know, why they needed, you know, cybersecurity, I would bring up something small as like, um, bringing up their house, actually, do they have cameras there? And you can say yes or no. Do they have a fence? Like, it literally just physical things. Mm-hmm. It's like letting you know these things help prevent people from breaking in your house. That's all That's all this is. It's, it's the same thing because most people think, well, you got to say, I would say something like this. Like, do you think people would, you know, come in your house if you didn't ever lock the door or something like that? And people might say no or yes. Well, it's like kind of the same thing. Like, I know you think you're a small fish, but everybody, anybody can get it on a network. <laughs> and, uh, and uh that's the way that you know you gotta kind of post that when if it came to something like that but that's 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 probably five to ten years off of when i want to do like some consulting stuff like i'm making friends now to where we could be the people selling the services and and doing the same thing that everybody else is doing man uh, you you definitely on, on on point with that man and I would urge you, you know, just me, like I'm the most like on, on IG, they call me motivated Matt. Like all my dudes now, I'm, I'm amped up. I'm the one that, hey, let's get it done. Let's knock it out. I would say, man, just, you know, me being around a whole lot of C-level execs, you know, throughout my career, whether it be in sales or, you know, even moving into this position. But a lot of the people that I know that started their company started doing what you're doing. That's why I applaud you, man. Go hard and, and keep with those networks and talking to people and helping people because, to be honest with you, you might already be in a position where you can go out and consult with other businesses. I know right now, you, you know, you're helping people in, they, in terms of a transition and getting into tech, but those same skills that you learn every day at your job, are you perfecting? Are you teaching other people? You know, those are the same skills that's going to be needed to for that small business. You know, and it's nothing if you already got a network of people that you know that, you know, have the skill set, not just cool. You know, I, I don't I don't say, hey, look, ride with me just because you I know you like you got to bring something to the table. 
but I'm pretty sure that you already in a position to where you could, you know, you could, you could start your own business and start doing that consultancy. But yeah, man, when you do it, I'm going to be following the coattail, bro. Do it big. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I got some, some things I've been thinking about far as like industries that are kind of like untapped right now that people think aren't uh, touchable. Um, so I, I got some things that I, I've thought about, um, just like some smallest, like I remember years ago, I went to a doctor's office and I was like, man, I bet like if, uh, you know, somebody could literally just be in this regular Wi-Fi and do some damage in here, or they could just sit in here and, and put Wireshark on their, on their thing and just watch traffic and see what they get. Man. Like, like I bet, I bet they wouldn't even get an alert that somebody using Wireshark on a public network. I, I, I would agree with you, man. So when I was doing those videos, I wish I remembered the dude's podcast. I don't want to shout it out on on your joint, but uh, hey, to, no, no, go ahead. You know, because uh, I just been listening. Shout out to uh, Darknet Diaries. I list, I listened to the whole right. episode of uh, the LinkedIn hack in 2012 the other day. Man, it was my yeah. first time listening to it. Darknet Diaries is fire. You need to listen to Hackable. And I'm mad because they don't make any new episodes. But Hackable by McAfee is fire. Um, my other guy, um, he works at Cobalt. My pen, my uh, my role model or my mentor, he has something uh, called the Pentest Diaries. Uh, there's another one out that he, I forgot the name of it. Uh, Offensive Security Interviews is cool. But to, to talk about that medical thing, Man, I was uh, listening to podcasts and I found out that I used to have to sell uh, equipment like or essentially like IT services to any company I wanted to. So for a minute, I focused on uh, healthcare, and a lot of them, you know, they got HIPAA regulations they got to buy by. But those doctors and dentists, they're not worried about that. All they want to do is, you know, get the patient in, get the patient out, obviously take care of them. But IT is far removed from anything that they have. And I seen situations or I read about it to where people was tapping into pacemakers and people's insulin pumps that's, you know, that's remote. It's hooked up to Wi-Fi. So what you're saying earlier, forget the Wireshark. You could do a whole lot more damage if you wanted to. And these people wouldn't know. Oh, they, yeah. They that's was- fact. <laughs> I've, I've been telling people, too, like uh, one of my, my projects I did in grad school, uh, we had to do something like on smart cities and the Internet of Things. And I was telling people that still get into IT or cyber because internet things going to open up a whole nother level of jobs for people, especially when they even just come to hospitals, they're going to have smart clothes, all type of smart things, all these things on the network. You're going to need somebody to monitor the network. You're going to need somebody to know about the devices. Like all these things are going to be connected and it's going to be, you know, money to be made. It's just going to be throwing money away just because it's like, we got to protect these things. So it, it, it's definitely a lot, man. Uh, some of the things I've been thinking about is like, I've been thinking, um, like I had a friend, she works with uh, Epic, so the, the, the electronic health games. record system. No, no, not the games, electronic health records. Oh, okay, okay. That, that software. And I was like, you know, how do they, you know, I know they got the system, but was it all on the computer? Like, how do they keep all that stuff safe? Like, I come, like that stuff that people don't ever think about. It's like, oh, you know, my stuff is there. And, and I know for a fact how much hospitals get targeted with ransomware and things like that. And that's why you've been seeing hospitals ramping up and their cybersecurity as well paying big money because they are getting hit for big money. Um, yeah. I, I got a homie. Uh, he does uh, like IT uh, technician stuff and uh, he works for this uh, this company. I think they do like blood. I guess like all the testing and stuff people do, like the doctors and things like that, they do that. 
And they got hit up, what was it, last year? And they got hit up, and I think they ended up paying the ransom. I was like, see, they don't want to spend the money. I think CrowdStrike was uh, not throwing CrowdStrike in the bus because it's a, it's a lovely product. But I think whatever they purchased, the service, probably like whatever soccer service they published from CrowdStrike probably didn't publish like one of the higher tiers to where they get more dedicated time because they, they're, you know, a smaller company. So they don't really get that. Whereas what they should do is that should have scared them to just build their own team out. And where they just leverage, outsource like some of the stuff, maybe they outsource like tier two and tier three somewhere. That's yeah. what they should do. You know, if they, they had me around, that's what I'll tell them to do. But uh, <laughs> the game ain't free. <laughs> man, 100%. <laughs> but um, let's see, man. Let's, uh, so it's funny because normally I start off <laughs> and ask people like where they from and stuff like that. But shoot, the conversation been so good. I, I honestly forgot to ask, man. So are you born and raised in Texas? Man, no, I'm, from, I'm from L.A. Okay. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, I, a, I heard that a little bit in your voice. What uh, what part? Uh, Ladera Heights. Okay. Cool deal. I, I ran into some, some people from uh, L.A. and uh, I think I'm going to butcher this, but Gardenia and, and stuff like that. Gardena, no, you on point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to them. Uh, they're pretty cool. It's, um, what's funny is, like, I'm from, I'm from Shreveport. And, uh, huh. And I've uh, met like a lot of people from different cities that kind of remind me of Shreveport people, like Detroit people remind me of Shreveport people, uh, Philly people. Like it's just weird. Like when certain cities kind of got a vibe where like you know they just like us, they look different. Um, but that's dope. So uh, from there, from LA, you got into the military. Like after was it after college at the high school? Man, actually, I was in my second year of college. So. It was funny how that whole thing worked out, man. Like, once again, I was in sales. So I, I was in school. I was going to uh, West L.A. College, and I was playing football, man. And during uh, our, our spring training, we had some drills. I ended up breaking my nose. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with football. Let's make money. So I, I got a part-time gig at this clothing store, and it was right down the street from a MEPS. So if you're not familiar with a MEPS, it's a center where – after you sign up for the military, you go there and they help you with your paperwork and they, you know, give you your physicals and things like that. Well, one day, um, it was like during a holiday season, it was me and a few of my buddies, we was having this contest to see who could sell the most clothes, you know, during the December month. And this Navy guy came in there and I must've sold him like $1,200 worth of stuff, man. And I'm rapping with him and he was talking about, you know, how he was sending the clothes to his son that was overseas and all the cool things he saw and the things his son got to experience. And at that time, um, I, I was still in school and I was like, man, you know, this would be cool if I could go and see some stuff like outside of LA, you know, out, outside of the immediate cities. It's not like I had been anywhere. So he was like, you know, once again, they, they pay for your school too. So I just started giving him some more thought and I decided to talk to my auntie and I was thinking about doing the reserves. And she said, look, man, we don't do half stepping over here. Ain't no, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Go 100. So I had a uh, call to do back and told him, Hey, look, man, let's do it. Uh, my, my goal was since I'm in LA, I was like, well, the Navy base is in San Diego. That's where I'm gonna say, I'm gonna get based at. And I'm gonna go to SDSU. So it almost went as planned. I had, Joined the military. I got out. I got based in San Diego. I had applied to SDSU, got accepted, did my registration, was about to set up for my classes. And literally the day my foot touched the soil in San Diego, they said, hey, guess what, bro? You're going for nine months. Welcome to deployment. So 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was a sophomore in college, uh, about to be a junior going to SDSU, and I got shipped off. Um, yeah, man, but the military was cool. So I, I've been out here ever since. I, you know, I married my wife. She's from San Diego, and I figured, hey, man, this is only, you know, about two hours away from the house. You know, this would be a good little drive going back and forth. Man, that's a uh, that's dope, man. I uh, got some Francis in the Marines uh, and Navy, Air Force. You know, uh, ran into some ran into some pretty good people. And then I, um, three years ago, I was almost about to move to San Antonio. You're in San Antonio, right? No, nah, San Diego. San Diego. Okay. I don't know why I thought you said San Antonio earlier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think because you said. Or maybe I'm getting San Marcos confused with uh, another San in Texas. You know what? That's probably what it is. I, I knew I should have left it out. That's why I was like, let me clarify. It's like 40 minutes outside of San Diego. But yeah, it, we, we in San Diego, man, right by the border. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I hate that they took them charges away from San Diego, man. Man, I'm a Raiders fan. They sh- yeah, they should they should get rid of the Chargers. Don't nobody want them, man. Well, <laughs> not, not, in a, not in a sense of... um. Like uh, who people are a fan of, but more so like for the city, like jobs and stuff it had for the city, for the people. Yeah, that's a crazy thing that you bring that up. So especially when you say, hey, for the city and the people, um, for the vote to have that team stay here, they only so it, all of San Diego couldn't vote on that. It, you know, like if you were in Oceanside or Riverside, it was still somewhat considered San Diego. You didn't have a voice and they centralized it. So that minimized the vote. And that was also a reason that, you know, they didn't get enough votes to stay here. I think that the ownership would have got up and left the city regardless. But yeah, man, it, it's a lot of uh, jobs that was impacted in terms of the San Diego economy that, you know, once you see that trickle down effect, it, it's, it's it's something big, you know, like they, I think they're trying to figure out some kind of way to to bring some kind of sports to the city. Uh, they were talking about uh, actually we got a soccer team now, the loyal San Diego loyal. Okay. So I think that that could be the replacement. But yeah, you, you, you head on with that, like in terms of the jobs and the economy when they left. Yeah, because I'm only on that because, like I said, I'm from I'm from Shreveport, and it used to be like more of a like manufacturing city, but like uh, we had a huge GM plant that like was one of the bigger reasons why like people used to like people was moving to Shreveport because of working at GM and hmm. and other different uh, factories they could work at and make us have a solid li- living for your family um, and things of that nature that you know they can't do anymore. So you know we turned into a street wreck, man. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah. But um, that's dope, man. I'm trying to think and piggyback off of some some other stuff you said because you man, you said so much, uh, especially when we started getting on the the certs. Like, you have an interesting stack, and one of the things I have, man, you know, mentioning people, it's like they might want to get a sec plus and and and, and pair it with a. Uh, AWS cloud practitioner, because that's the uh, since I took it recently, too. I'm like, I like the exam, I like the material, very straightforward test, you know, and it opens your, you know, your eyes to like all this AWS stuff. Or I also say you can go to Azure. I, um, we just have more AWS in our environment. Azure is starting to catch up a little bit. GCP, um, not as much, but it does pay the most because everyone doesn't know how to do uh, GCP stuff. Yeah, that's that rarity, you know, like, hey, if it's limited quality, you might get, you know, a, a nice bag for knowing how to do it. Honestly, the only reason I went into AWS is because, you know, my my mentor, that's what he does. But I, I would definitely piggyback on what you said. Like for me, f- pick a route, people pick a route like 
And it just literally figure out what you want to do. And whether it's a comp tier route, you know, start at the bottom or start wherever you want. And one thing that I realized is a lot of these, these certifications, they piggyback off of each other. Like when I went to the sec plus, I, I, I went in the, soon as I finished, probably I took three days off. I started studying for my pen test plus, but more importantly than the studying for it, I scheduled the exam knowing that, all right, now I got to really do this. Major um, key alert. <laughs> major key that dropped the bomb. Like give yourself a, a legit target. Don't just say I'm going to study for it. Cause then you're going to keep kicking the can down the street. Like even if you plan on or something happens and you can't take that test when you originally scheduled it, you're going to work harder to get there. Cause you know, that might be a possibility. You can always move it a few days if you need to. But what I did was I set that date and that information from sec plus was, was clear. I understood everything. So it made, really the, the 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 pen test plus was that much easier. And if I had the choice, honestly, I would have went right into the CYSA after that because those, I'm, I'm studying for that on the side too. Like that information is all, it's like learning how to do your subtraction. Then you do addition. Then you do, they literally build on top of each other. So when you said, even with the, um, the, the cloud practitioner, the cloud practitioner is a cool exam for anybody that's interested in that you think you might want to know anything about cloud. First, if you get the certification, people that don't know about cloud or they don't know about IT stuff, they're going to think that you're amazing. But all it's really doing Thanks. is telling you what the what the services are, what these tools are, and making sure that you understand not even how to use them, but what's the high level of what they do. It's like a spelling exam. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you about this, this, I'm going to tell you about this cup. You know, a cup, it holds liquids in it. Or you can put whatever you want it, but that's what a cup do. That's essentially what um, the cloud practitioner does if it's talking to you about CloudFront, you know, an S3 bucket, things like that. And then, it, once again, I told you, it builds. So when I went into my solutions architect, all they did was tell you, all right, look, now you got your foundation. You know what these tools are. Now I'm going to show you how they play together. Now we're going to put our blocks together. And once again, just build build your path. And you don't have to do nothing crazy. Go and figure out, hey, look, I'm going to go to CompTIA route. I'm going to go to the AWS. I'm going to go to Azure. Whatever you are, they got the path for you. Really, just set your dates and go for it. Man, that's that's facts, man. Because um, a lot of times, and, and shout out to, listen, a lot of people, it's because it's still a newer exam than SEC Plus, but Mark my words in probably five years, like everybody, you're going to start seeing CYSA more on job descriptions because like SEC Plus is pretty much the cloud practitioner uh, security certs because it's, <laughs> it's a high level, but Pentest Plus, CAS, CYSA, you know, are actually showing you like what you do in a certain position. Like if you, like I tell people now, if you want to be, I don't really recommend people take CYSA unless they have experience because CompTIA made that test hard, bro. Me and uh, one of my friends uh, who he used to actually work for uh, Booze, and then I forgot who he works for now. I have to check my LinkedIn. He took it before me. He's like, man, that test was hard. And I knew if he said it, I knew the test was hard because, you know, so we already had experience. And I took it and I, I started sweating in there just because of the way that CompTIA likes to do their, their questions. But I was like, you know, that's one of those tests. I mean, you want to, like you said earlier, I love when you said that 
you feel like you overstudied for sec plus, but you really wanted to understand the material. And I uh, shout out to a lot of people on my Twitter. You know, they're taking their time studying for it because they want to st- understand it. And I've been telling people as well, as like, look, when you don't have a lot of experience and you don't know what you do, start right now no sections of things that you go through that is teaching you in sec plus, because then you can go back and research them some more and you can add things like that to your resume for technical skills because they will populate somewhere on a job description because they'll ask you about it. I was like, that's a way to attack it when you're doing the search. It's like, just go more in depth on some of the things they brought up. Cause that's, that's going to help you. It's going to show uh, entry curiosity, uh, proactive and not that you just did it. It says somebody said you're going to get a six figure job and boom, Cause that's kind of like one of the, one of the things going on with, you know, people in certain areas and, you know, you got the crafty resume writers, you know, some people may say I'm hating, but I, you know, Hey, look, I don't care, man. Listen, I'm black. I'm for everybody getting free money. I just don't want to, I don't want it to come at the expense of hiring somebody on my team. that don't know what they're doing and then get me fired. Right. And that's really all it is. <laughs> like that's that that's the whole thing, you know. Or they mess around and hit us with a solar wrench, trying to blame it on the intern. And I was like, man, <laughs> man, let me drop this jewel real quick before I forget this. So look, like if y'all ain't understand by now, I mean, I'm a professional nerd. Like I, I study, I, I study. So what I, what I would suggest to everybody is figure out how you learn. You learn the best. What what I figured out is I'm a visual learner, but I reinforce everything that I learn through a video by reading it. So like, man, you don't need to go to college for all this stuff. I'm gonna be straight up, you probably don't. Like get you some Udemy courses. It's a whole lot of people that that shoot videos and you know have full courses that's good. I will watch videos, watch the videos, watch the videos, and then read the actual study guides to these preparation exams or these certifications. And then I would follow that up with, typically they would have uh, quizzes at the end of each chapter to reinforce your learning. If you did get the book, it came with a companion for online study. So do those practice exams. You know, my man said, when you take these, especially CompTIA, they trick you up with the questions. If you're familiar with how the questions are set up then you've been watching videos and you've been reading the book, it's going to be that much easier for you. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I don't want to go too hard right now, but how, how you said your boy said that the CYSA was a hard exam and he had experience and that kind of shook you. Well, my the same person that told me to get my pen test plus said he had obviously he was he's a professional pen tester. He said he had been pen testing for five years and that exam was still hard for him. And I said, it's not hard for me. It's hard for you. I say that with everything, whether you working out, if you train with me, you know, this is motivated back speaking right now. Somebody say it's hard. That's hard for them, bro. It's hard for them. Like you, that means you need to go harder, be harder than the test. Like when I was a kid, I played football. They said, look, if you go head up with somebody and you slow down, the force that they bring is going to be bigger than yours and you're going to be hurt. It's the same thing when it comes to getting these certifications and learning and anything else that you're doing. Just prepare yourself going into to battle, you know, make sure that you know the information and it's, it's going to be that much cooler, especially if like he said, you know, uh, if you're studying for a certification or you read in a book, Put that stuff on your resume because that'll obviously to bring up some keywords, but it'll also highlight you. One of the things that I did on one of the versions of my resume is I had worked myself through a hack the box challenge and I listed everything that I did on that box as if I was doing an actual pen test to let people know that, yeah, I'm not just going to list these tools. I'm going to tell you what I did with them and what I accomplished. 
And that speaks volumes to people that don't have the experience because at least you put down, hey, I'm working on something and I, I know this stuff. Like, I'm not just telling you and I can show you because if you do have like a try hack me or you got to hack the box, you can show them the badge. Matter of fact, post the badge to your LinkedIn after you finish so everybody else can see it. There you go. And yeah, man, uh, definitely. That's that's great. That's great advice for telling them that, you know, hard for it's hard for you, not for me. Uh, I only say I say it to people off of uh, more so um, people that may not be as dedicated. They might think they could wing it uh, just because maybe they did get sick plus. And I, I was just telling me, like, it's, it's just harder uh, in general, not like. I think it's more like you said, but more so for me, like questions. And I think also for me, I think I put in uh, either it was either LinkedIn. I think it was about LinkedIn. It could be a, a, a super, you know, experience test or a small test like cloud practitioner. Like I get test anxiety, too, <laughs> when I'm answering <laughs> stuff. And so it's one of those things, like especially not knowing, even though you know what you're getting right. Like I'll go back. How I know if I'm doing good, I'll go a second round. And after I answered everything, if I don't have to change much, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm doing good. If I have to change yeah. a lot, then I was like, I might, I might not have passed it. <laughs> and, and one more thing I like to add to people, uh, I advise people to get a CYSA over a CEH because if for the DOD standards and all that, they're on the same level, CYSA is plus, and it's much more beneficial. Um, CEH, if everybody who's in the, you know, in the industry knows that it's, pretty much kind of like the laughing stock um, far as a hacking certification. They should probably change the name to something security for EC council if they want to do it like that, but it shouldn't be really a hacking cert because it's not hard at all. I know when I was studying for it back in the day, it was mostly built off like MAP scans, like literally MAP, probably like the whole book MAP. You serious? Back then, now it might have changed. I, I got the old book, like in that video, I got it right there. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it talked about some of the attacks, but it, it wasn't the hard. The material wasn't hard. Uh, what happened to me is that you know they they changed the versions. Everybody took a uh, a new version, and for whatever reason, none of the questions kind of were similar, and it just messed everybody over. But it wasn't a hard test. It just seemed like what I studied for went on there. Yeah, well, to echo what you're saying, man, uh, especially when I, like I told you, I, I came in here knowing, hey, like, I want to be a red teamer eventually. Even at this point, I'm still, actually, man, I'm kind of excited. I, I got some pen tests that they scheduled me to, you know, run the projects for. So I'm kind of excited. But before I got to this point, when I heard certified ethical hacker, just as an outsider, I thought that was big news. And when I started talking to people in the industry, they let me know, man, it's, it's really not that important. The only reason that you know, I ever had somebody recommend me go after it was if I wanted to do something specifically in like DOD or the government. Um, but what I would suggest is, and this is another certification I'm about, you know, probably three quarters of the way done is EJPT. And that's practical. Like that's some real hacker stuff. Like it's cool. And they have cloud. They got, you know, a lot of different networking and other certifications. But if that was a route that somebody didn't want to do and they wanted hands on experience, the exam is actually actually practical and everything Thanks. that you need to pass the exam. They teach you. So yeah, so you got the not to cut you off. You got the INE uh, pass, too. Yes. All right. So, look, this is going to be amazing. I got because. Before you go on, like while you're studying for the EJPT, I've been studying for the ECIR. 
with there. So, I mean, uh, like you said, very thorough. Let me go through all the different tools, like, you know, security onion stack and, and all that. And, you know, it's virtual. I like where I don't have to set nothing up. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. I'll do it when I get some more space and, and time, but uh, that's, that's definitely dope. Yeah, but I'll let you continue with what you're about to say about it. Oh, well, no, this is just, uh, this is a dime. And if anybody from INE is listening, well, y'all shouldn't have hooked me up. So look, I had somebody, my, one of my mentors said, hey, look, sign up for this. This is the next assert I want you to get. Get the EJPT and we're going to rock out to the rest of them. Eventually you get your OSCP, but this is where I want you to start at. So I had signed up with them when they were still eLearn Security. And I think I paid 500 bucks for the certification, uh, for the vouchers, and then for the training. They switched over to INE and and they kept sending me these um, like coupon codes in my email. And I never really gave no, too much attention to it because they had changed the platform to where you can just you know purchase one exam and now you have to do like the whole yearly subscription. Well, look, I'm gonna give y'all some game. I caught them and talked to them directly on the phone and said, hey, well, I noticed y'all changed your pricing model and I did get some uh, some coupon codes sent to my, my email, but I missed out on them. Is there any way that you could you know find some way to give me another one? So I think the the year pass for the cyber path is the most expensive one. I think it's almost $1,500, if not more than that. I got the whole thing for $100 for the whole year. Talk to them people. If y'all serious about this, talk to them people. I paid $99. I, I, I would have gave a dude a tip just on the strength. Like, talk to these people. If y'all about this, man, I'm telling you, everything is about talking. This is the sales answer I'm talking to you. Talk to them people and get your money, get the discounts and get the experience. Like he said, he's working through his certification. It, it's it's invaluable. Even if you just do it for fun, it's invaluable. Hey, that's facts because my story on them is when I first found out about them because I did some... uh Increase on LinkedIn about, you know, uh, incident response certs. And uh, I got some good feedback. Look, eLearn actually has commented on myself on Twitter and on LinkedIn, you know, when I mentioned them about mm. stuff and they sent me a whole review of the test, which made me want to take it. Um, so the first thing I looked at, I was like 15. I ain't trying to pay the 15. They let me do a month to month for 100. Then eLearn said, hey, you know what? We talked to everybody and you know what? We're giving everybody everything. You can get it for 750 for the whole year. So that's the price was half off on top of, you know, if you get the subscription, yeah. you get a half off voucher. So I was like, you know, it's a win win for me. Now, the next thing I'm working on is. I've been reaching out to them, but I'm probably going to do it on LinkedIn since they reached out more. So I, I want to be an affiliate. I want to be affiliate of them. Come to you, AWS, anybody, you know, where I can they can come on my site and either use a code or something like that, you know. And, yeah, because that's 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 a untapped market that everybody that's really not on there was like these companies like e-learn is still fairly young so they you know don't have the biggest presence on um social media so doing something like that also brings you know eyes to them because i've been my my last instagram i did like a resume tip uh reel and it's probably like at thirteen thousand views now and i was like crazy i don't even have that many followers on my business instagram like 700 some followers yeah that's what i'm saying is i, I mean it's I, I i put in you know just like you said on the flip side of what you've been doing on infosec when i started this i started doing a whole bunch of studying for like marketing how does instagram work uh how do i get my followers up how do i i had already had a previous um another youtube channel before i started this one with my, my dedicated to my boxing stuff mm-hmm. So I knew how YouTube worked and then I got in my bag even more 
um, figuring out how do I get SEO working and all that. How do I use Premiere Pro? What type of mics? Like, so I, it, it pretty much tells you anything you want to do. If you put the time into it, it's going to yield you good results. It might not yield, you know, the results to, in the time frame you're looking for, but it will. Like some people hit a thousand subscribers before me. I wasn't tripping off it because, um, what's that Rick Ross quote? He said he stopped worrying about numbers when he realized the container with the most weight moved the slowest. <laughs> so look, I, I dig that. So I, I'm a trainer too, man. I, I train people, you know, to like, I, I like two years ago, I did a cut. So I dropped like 40 pounds. Like I was telling people, Hey, look, man, don't think I'm just some softy. Hey, I, I do this. And then I, I run a lot. So I tell people, um, especially like when you're running or you hiking or just in life in general, man, it's like a, a carrier. Since I'm in the Navy, I relate stuff to the military. So a carrier, it, it takes a long time to get moving. You know, like it might take you a couple miles just to get up to the speed you need to, but to actually take off, it's going to take off. It's going to take you longer, but it's harder to slow down. You know, that's the whole grind about working towards something. Like don't do something to get the immediate results. Like, you know, take your time and you're going to get to wherever you need to be at. And it's going to be, you're going to enjoy it a whole lot more than having something come to you and it, it leave. You're not knowing how to keep it. X man, that's I mean, look, man, we we can go on on that. That goes in hands of hand, like because what some of the videos I plan to do on about tech is like about money, uh, because this is the one field where job to job you can just start making way more money than, than you did in your previous position. And but you know, as most black people, you know, we didn't come from any money, and a lot of times you just don't do the right thing with it, you know, just because you're not used to it. And so those are videos, like you said, when you brought up ready for it, some people are trying to land a big job, but they're not good with money. They're not going to land that job. You know, they'd be broke (laughs) if they got all that money. Yeah. Um, So that's one of the things I plan to talk about. Uh, What we haven't talked about uh, is kind of your, can you give us like your title and typically, I know you just started, but like uh, more so a day to day and kind of like, um, okay. What what type of what uh path that you know that that specific position probably could go into to start doing you know more things that you want to do like with red team and stuff like that. All right. So the official title is a cybersecurity analyst, and the day to day, just man, it, we literally just started this week. <laughs> Sidebar, man. So we have uh, in the morning just a, a huddle between everybody, and obviously it's virtually at this time. But they started talking about sales on my very first meeting, and I kind of got my heart racing, like, "Oh man, what I got to do now?" And I realized I'm the tech guy. I ain't got to do nothing. So I, I just love that feeling. But um, it's been a lot of just ticket handling. To be honest with you, right now it's me learning the tools. Because just because, once again, just because I got these certs and even I got a lot of hands-on experience, it's not specifically in this area. You know, it's like somebody that, um, it's like an athlete that's really good at basketball. You can't tell him to go and hop on a football field and he, he just going to start doing the same, you know, greatness he just played on the other field or court. So Nate I've been doing, <laughs> dude, this dude became a meme. He, he should never done that. But uh, yeah, so typically what I do is I'll log on in the morning uh, log in on all of my tools. And right now I've been actually watching a lot of the training videos. So the company I work for is a smaller company that got acquired by a larger one. So like our actual IT, our, our cyber, our SOC, we literally just got fully staffed when I came on board. 
And the person that's been there a longer, the longest, she's only been on the staff for like a year and a half. So what she did was she created these training videos to get us up to speed because when she was there or even up to the last couple of months, it was pretty much sit down or I'm going to have to, you know, you're going to have to look at my screen and see what I'm doing. So I've been looking at the tickets, uh, following along with her videos. And then what she does is she'll have me actually hop in and just every day I'm learning something different. So today um, I actually had to remote into a server and then some tickets came up. I had to hop and launch a VM, get inside a SQL and security onion and mess around with that, which was all new to me, but it was cool. That that was fun. And outside of that, it's just making sure that I know how to navigate through everything. Um, more importantly, like moving forward, it, it's a lot of growth because like I said, the company is small. And since I have a floating schedule, it's not, at least for this first three weeks, um, I don't have to be dedicated to just one thing. So I'm going to be linking up with the guy that's actually like the main pen tester in I think two days or on a weekend. And he's going to give me some of the background on the things that he's doing and getting me caught up to speed, which I'm pretty sure we will speak the same language. But like I said, it's like four or five pen tests we got coming up this year. And I'm going to be well-rounded, not only for those pen tests, but like physical stuff. So I'm doing, I got to go and drop off a server next week and I got to, install it and take the other one out and swap it out. And I'm going to be on the phone with my guy, you know, so he could do the codes and remotely and in the GUI. So it's just so many different things that, that build on it. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get into this field. It's not the same every day. And it's so much growth for me to be able to do any and everything. So I'm going to use this to, to learn the tools and get the experience. And one of the coolest things that um, I like about the company is at least up to this point, is they really invest in the training of the personnel, you know, outside of um, everything they already got going on. One of my, the, the guy that hired me said, look, I know that you like pen testing because I, I always talk about it. He said that for some reason, he's like, these are the tools that we use. But if for some reason you find a tool that benefits you or that you just like, let me know and we're going to get it for you. You know, so that's letting me know, like, they got my back. And they also, he's putting me in a position with this floating schedule to maximize my learning and to see all the different areas that I can touch on while I am inside of not only this, this company, but um, really to see where I want to push it in terms of leadership and, and, you know, just moving forward into the future. So that's what the day's been looking like right now, brother. That's dope, bro. That's dope, man. Especially if the culmination of like where we were, like how you tell us about the journey. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm I'm in two, three years, I'm going to be seeing, shoot, it might not be two years, it might be next year. You might be posting has been promoted to, you know, cybersecurity, you know, lead or something like that, bro. You know, just yeah. based on your background and, uh, you know, how you talk and how you think, you know, you, you'd be a leader because, um, one of my selling points uh, I did, like I was recently, look, I went look, low key. I went and checked your, uh, your LinkedIn just now because I was like, man, I want to see you working at the company that, uh, that I just interviewed for, but it's not, it's a different company. <laughs> but, uh, one of the things that, that I, I've been selling myself on, like with these lead positions I've been interviewing for is like, I gave him an example, like we had the bad snowstorm out here. Um, Oh so, yeah, recently that was like last yeah. month, right? What? What's yeah, like what? Three weeks ago now? Three, four weeks ago now? And and I always tell people because they want to know like what's your leadership style. I said, well, I'm a doer type of leader. I'm gonna do it first, so everybody gonna follow. I ain't gonna just say you do it just because I'm I'm tier two, I'm tier three. And I was telling about how you know you know my guys had brownouts, and I was like, you know what? Well, don't worry about it. I'll just do the night shift. So I had one of those. I was already working days. I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to get off a little early so I can do nights. So I did nights two days, but you know, that little bit of stuff, just telling them that right there, it was like, okay, I, you know, we, we, I know all I need to know. Cause a lot of people are not trying to do that. They're not going to inconvenience. They said, they just going to try to inconvenience everybody else. But it's like, you got, you know, there's just some people that's born leaders uh, that, you know, they exude that and, and they're meant to do that. And I think, I mean, since you were already in military, you already know that you've been, you're going to run into the people that's good at work. You're going to run into people that's just there to where you ain't going to be able to change how they do, you know, but at the same time, some people are going to be jealous of when you move up. Cause it happened to me, you know, people hmm. was, you know, some people was jealous, but I'm like, no, nah, I, I came in from day one, putting in work. Like, yeah, <laughs> people, I mean, like we cool with, yeah, but they'll tell you like, you know, my man's I was saying about, I used to work at booze. I think he worked for city now. Uh, he told me that. And then my my guy that used to work with me at McAfee, when I got him on, he told me that, you know? And honestly, the good thing about this position that I had at this company was this was the only time I got to start at the same position as somebody else did. Like in life, you know, we normally start behind paying ketchup. But as just let you know, if we get a fair shot, it's it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. It's a wrap because I mean, like a lot of them dudes, some of them approach the job like two like a days ago. I'm like, man, I gotta eat, bro. (laughs) Like (laughs) I don't have, I can't depend on nobody but myself. So if you don't think I'm gonna come in here and and work hard, like you know, normally people on night shift really don't get off night shift. Like after that one, that stint of doing night shift, it's like, nah, bring him on days. Like I did so, I did so good to where like within the first year. Um, they wanted me to come to the quarterly for our client in Burbank. You know what I'm saying? I was the only one that, that was an analyst that went to Burbank. What's yeah. some of the things, I know you interviewing me, well, we, we chopping it, but so I, I know you spoke about this on some of your other videos, but what's some of the things that you did to make you stand out to, you know, in, in your road where you was able to. Okay. Uh, let me see. I was trying to make sure you still could hear me because you kind of had a blow uh, lag right there. But um, uh, from day one, I came in pretty much with something to prove. Uh, this dude, I'm a, I'll probably send this channel on YouTube. His name uh, Antoine Daniels. And he was talking about, uh, he used to be in the tech industry. And he was talking about how uh, a company he really wanted to work for in Detroit passed on him. And he had the skills. And he was like, once he got with another company, he made everybody that passed on him regret it. That was me, man. All them mm-hmm. companies that passed on me didn't want to give me no shot. Um, Texas Instruments took me on like four or five interviews. Talking about I had the job, just tell me no. I was like, nah, man, watch this. Come in. Uh, <laughs> we take over for another uh, MSSP. And, you know, I just came in. I noticed like I pretty much established my value. I brought value. So I pretty much noticed like things that I messed up. So at night shift, I'm catching stuff that days probably didn't care about. And I'm doing some i'm emailing the leaders on the client side hey i noticed this i noticed this i don't think this we should do this i, I i'm very vocal and that's one thing i set apart uh some of those guys they will not open their mouth they'll email you or they just won't say nothing at all and being good at what i was doing improving um having the will to improve um i would always get by and this is a tip for anybody that's still you know if you're listening right now uh, at this point Find the smartest person or the person that knows their job the best or who like two or three levels above you and um, get with them. Uh, Bring value to them. Don't just try to take from them, but uh, do your research and then ask some questions. Soak up as much as you can. And that 
helped me too because I used to just I got buddy buddy with our principal threat analyst. He was also doing content and stuff like that to where, you know, he was saying, hey, yeah, you guys can reach out to him for this. Or, it, you know, it really started becoming apparent when my manager started making me the point for stuff like, hey, yeah, reach out to him if you need it. And and, and the clients start doing the same thing. And and that's when they kind of like done to me. I had like the engineers like, yeah, dude, they're, you know, they're talking about promoting you. And this wasn't, mm. it, it, I wasn't there that long when they was talking about that. And even because the, like the corporate is a little different, but they couldn't really do my promotion stuff like this. So we do like a uh, cost of living race every year. So they gave me like the highest they could and, and transitioned me to like level one lead. Like my director at the time, when he still was with us, he was trying to steal me on different projects. I probably could still find him. He was like, hey, do you want to go work in, it was some town in California. Do you want to go work there for a couple of months? Like, so it was literally just doing that. And and the funny thing is, before I started this role, I was kind of nervous. Like, man, <laughs> how am I do? You know, am I am I gonna do okay? Because what happened was, they hired all of us, and we took over for like I said, we took over for uh, DXC. I don't know if you ever heard of DXC. Um, and the client had us pretty much doing like playbooks and, and doing processes of like what we do for certain alerts and crap like that. But the the sucky part was it just didn't have a lot of information for us, like um, their environment and, and things like that. So that was the like, scary part, but that was like, no, nah, we killed it. Cause we went way more in detail than, you know, the people they had, like they playbooks with garbage, man, for real. <laughs> and it's funny now that you're making me remember this stuff, this is similar to, I had a, I had a group interview today. It was, I ain't gonna lie, it was a beast. Um, it's more, it was more IR stuff that they asked me. Uh, I think I did. I'm To be honest, like I tell you, my, I think I did decent on it. Could I did better? Yeah. But, um, and it's only, and that's one of the reasons, like, you know, I've been just, I've been buttering up for recruiters. I'm like, yeah, you know, I love the company, but I want to see um, some new industries. But really, in layman terms, it's like, I'm kind of getting to a point where my stuff's getting real mundane. And I need a, a new challenge to get my, my skills sharp. It's kind of like that, that fighter, you know, we, we like action movies or something like that, where they kind of get civilized. Like, you know, you started off a beast and then slowly but surely it's like, you know, man, on some Black Panther stuff, like Killmonger come in and beat you up because you kind of <laughs> blacking, but you, you get, you get, you get your head knocked off and you get, get, get your mind right. So it, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I just need to get sharper and it's not the company. It's more so like the restrictions of the client that, got us a little bit kind of dull and, and so it's one of those things that's why i've been pushing that's why i'm doing the ecir that's why in my free time i have like a sale doc where i've been working on use cases looking at stuff like hmm, i want to do we have i haven't seen a rule for past the um past the hash or the golden ticket you hmm. know let me see if you know we have those in our environment and let me go do my own research to see what type of uh windows events we would see from those in, in the process. So I just been doing that research. It's like, it's been um, helping me out. Every time if I stagger on something in an interview, you know, I go research it. Cause like, you know, I'm weak right there. Let me, let me go read some more on that. Um, yeah. So that's what it's all been doing. And I also tell people, Hey, if you like your job, cool, but interview every couple of months, it'll let you know what new stuff is on the market and it'll help you stay sharp. Uh, so stay interviewing, even if you don't plan to leave. Now that's something I should have been doing. I would, talk to recruits from time to time, but I wasn't as active as I am now. But, you know, a little jewel right here is the the crazy thing is, like I talked about earlier about the the manager I interviewed with yesterday. Man, like like you said, with y'all conversation, our conversation is super cool. I mean, me and her just, you know, 
it didn't even have to get technical because uh, I didn't know this until the end of the thing, but pretty much she didn't, she knew she didn't really have to grill me too much from the company I'm at now because uh, we did so good. And then she was like, well, next up she'll talk to the director. She said her name. I was like, Hey, she used to work at uh, my company. And she was like, yep. <laughs> and <laughs> so two, two hours later after that, they literally uh, sent me an email, like saying like, Hey, you know, what times are good for you on, on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, to talk to her. And I'm like, I'm already knowing. I was like, nine says out of 10, she's not going to ask me much because she knows my manager and I know she's heard my name before. So it's like, that's when I, I think early when I saw my like, this world is small. You just never know who's going to be at the next company you're at. That's why you always got to go hard wherever you at, man. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of times when you get to a certain point with these roles and experience and you just start making friends, you really ain't got to interview. Maybe like, hey, you want a job? I know you yeah. can do it. You've been doing this for five years. I know you can do it. He's going to hire you. And you, you're pretty much now where you can name the salary, too. That's another thing. Um where I just redirected her. I was like, nah, this is, this is what the market is hitting for right here. They got back, <laughs> got back with me fast. So it's a lot of stuff that, you know, when you, when you start now, you don't have some of the leverage and I'll tell the guys, you know, this, you know, just stay patient. The, the money going to come. You got to like, be like a, like a little boxing. You got to learn the fundamentals first. Like you can't just go into the flashy combos. You got to know how to uh, throw the jab. You know, it's going to be your fundamental punch. You got to know how to use the jab yeah. up and down and, and block or, or clinch on or throw the right hand. Like if you can at least got a decent one, two, you probably can still win some decent fights without throwing the other punches. But if you don't have that, you know, then you're not going to be successful all down the lines because we see in many sports, everybody is talented. But then it becomes the little things that set the great players apart from the big player. I mean, from the good players. You, you, they gonna end up like Riley on the boondocks. Like he, he can dribble <laughs> like Iverson, but he can't, he can't do a layup. He ain't got no kind of jumper, no, man, no fundamentals. Right. Like, man, you hit on so many dope things. I, I think it's dope. Like, I don't know if you realize it, but everything went round circle. So in the military, we got this thing. My man used to tell me, embrace the dirt bag. What that mean is just always going to be somebody that's going to do the bare minimum to get by. And that means all you got to do is be you. Do your regular drop. Do what you're supposed to do, and you ain't you gonna outshine them. But you also spoke on something else, saying you you know you you had a reason to to grind and a, to excel at what you do outside of you know getting noticed. But you, yours seemed like it was hey, I gotta prove these other people you know that didn't want me what what they missed what they missed out on. Like you always gotta have a why. Like my why is to grind. I got kids. I got X, Y, and Z. But I, I got things that I want to do. So that's pushing me. And then you also do the things that other people ain't willing to do. To be honest with you, those are the things that's going to set you apart. Those are also the things that's going that you're going to have more knowledge of. Like earlier, we were talking about the Zor, we were talking about AWS, and you brought up another one that that might actually be a little bit more valuable just because it's not that many people that know how to do it. But what if that was an opportunity for you to learn it at your job and you said, nah, because I want to kick it? And all you had to do was learn that skill. And now you just unlock the whole new, like a, like a video game. You open up a whole other part of the map. You didn't even know about it. Then what you came on and said was, hey, well, this community is small. We all know each other, you know, to some extent, you know, with whether it's I know you directly or, you know, somebody I used to work with or X, Y and Z. Once people see you put in that work. It's not a lot of extra stuff you're doing. You're just doing stuff because you're interested in it. And that's why I want to go back to these certifications. Don't get them just to get them. Get Do this or do whatever you're doing because you love it, because you really want to put those hours in. Because when you build all that skill set that you got, 
it's going to be easy when you get to my man Henry's level when you're saying, hey, well, really, we ain't got to get technical. That's just vibe because you know that I put the work in. Your, your reputation supersedes you at that point. And that's why you are where we, we, you at right now, bro. That's so dope. Like your host, that's that little bar you gave me. I got all that out of it. That's dope. Man, I appreciate that. And what you just said at the end about not being technical is that's why some people in the beginning, they get grilled on in their interviews because they're trying to do too much on their resume. Um, you're coming in. Uh, some people could know your intro about that one time. Like, you know, that time I made the, the video about our, uh, should you lie on your resume? Uh, and I made a whole, that's really what my Twitter took off. When I, I made a tweet, like, you know, stop lying to get the info set. And I had people tell me, oh, stop hating. And I was like, nah, I didn't lie to get here. I, I did it the honest way. But one of the things that, you know, had me perturbed was that uh, the chick got, um, I talked to her and um, she had some stuff on the resume. She couldn't tell me what it was. She couldn't even tell me what a sim, sim was. So I'm like, why do you have this on here? And you don't know what anything it is. And she had it to where that whoever did her resume had like she had seven years of experience. Wow. But it's like, yeah, I'm not having any. Yeah, I know why you're not having any. Look, you don't know what you're doing. You're on here trying to cheat the grind. Yeah, and that's funny. Man, I, well, we're we, we, we doing representation right now, so I'm going to keep it this simple. Real recognize real. Like, you can see through it if, if you didn't live through it. So, yeah, man, don't lie. Once again, don't lie. That, that That's just garbage. You not only wait. And I listened to, to your whole joint when you were talking about that because Say you do get that position and now you mess up, you know, critical system or you make the company look bad because they they put this trust into you or even worse. Like we said, you know, people know who you are, like your name and get around. Now you bad money. You can't even get into this situation that you were hoping or working so hard to. Um, yeah, man, I, I did have another question for you. Actually, yeah. I guess it's like it's like a two part. So one, what does. So this is going to happen. This this can relate to somebody that's in the industry and somebody that's not, but they might want to get into it. So how do you find a mentor? And then second, how do you provide value to that mentor? Because I got my answers, but I'm curious to see, you know, what your outtake is on this. Man, that's dope. Uh, so I would do it like this. Um, you know, it's funny. Early on, I technically had, they weren't really mentors. They gave me some God points, but they weren't mentors. Um, I, I look at my contemporaries of who I see are doing big things. Like shout out to my, my homie. I was you, I, I worked with uh, Tavion, shout out to him. I actually listed him as like, you know, one of my robots, he's younger than me, but the stuff he's doing with tech and, um, outside of tech, it's just amazing. I need to share his uh, video with you, how he got into, how he got into like cybersecurity. I'm like, yeah, did, he, he did what he's supposed to do pretty much mm. grinded uh, the whole way. Um, so that's kind of how I do it now. Uh, I think eventually I will uh, meet somebody that, you know, that's above me, you know, that I could actually, you know, uh, be a mentor and bring value to. But, uh, if I was going to go on that bring value question, I'll bring up a shout out to Dayspring, AKA Dayspring on YouTube. Y'all go check him out. Um, he's like a, a mentee of mine, uh, slash a client, but he doesn't take from me. Uh, Day, if you check his channel out, um, he had his internship. And I remember talking to him while he has internships. Like, hey, bro, shoot, you know your stuff. You should try to get a full-time position and, and then finish like school while you're doing full-time. 
And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, go for it. Worst thing they can say is no. And hmm. he ended up getting that full-time uh, sock position, like uh, offered that position with a couple of months ago. He actually just did the release the video on it because he had been sitting on it for a while. He didn't tell the world because he was waiting until his internship was up. But, you know, he's always, you know, he did his trifecta certs and then, you know, he's studying for his, uh, I think, CCNA and Penn State. But he's always studying. He's got videos on like home labs he's did. So when he comes to me, it's not just to bother me. It's he's did some stuff and he wanted a, a question about it. Or even if it's something as small as me and him will talk about like, Prime example, when he got his offer, um, I was getting him, I wanted him to negotiate, you know, because what happens when you get your first offer is it's more than whatever you made, you're kind of scared to negotiate. But I was telling him, like, bro, you're going to bring a lot of value to the team. Um, and if they're not at least offering you what's average for that position in the area, you know, they're trying to play you just because you pretty much only have your associates. And I was like, you know, don't feel bad. I was like, I started comparing it to like dudes and, you know, NCAA where they stay. I was like, look, Cam Newton had one phenomenal year at Auburn and, you know, and got racks, you know, next year, you know, off of a really a one year performance at the highest level. Yeah. I was like, I was like, so don't feel down, you know, don't be scared to ask what you're worth. I'm not going to tell you to play yourself. But I was like, you you can always try to negotiate or you can negotiate some more time or, or, or something else you can negotiate more, another extra off day or some kind like that. But, you know, the, you know, you, you have a little bit of leverage, but, um, just getting him that information. I know when he ever does his next position, he's probably, you know what I'm saying? Going, you know, really get that bread just because of, you know, uh, of stuff like that. So if we were to piggyback on how to bring guidance, it's, it's kind of like what I said when I had worked with the threat analysts at work is like, do, do, I, I have a saying, it's like um, people help you when you're trying to help yourself. Bars, you just said it. That, that's Yeah. Preach, go, bro, go. You, you, you running. That, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Because a lot of times, like uh, that's what me and him actually was talking about the other day. Um, <laughs> people, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't charge for my consultations. I was like, well, it's like I charge one because I can't get my time back. I'm super busy, and two, I know you're not gonna BS me if you got to pay for something. And yeah. he was talking about, yeah, man, I'm about to start charging because people just be BSing me in my line, asking me about all this stuff just because they see what I'm doing, but they're not understanding the work I'm doing to get here. I was like, I feel you. I was like, and the people that pay for your consultation, they are, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're gonna serious. Get that money worth. Yeah. That's what I always say. I was like, you know, if you can't even, because I help people with stuff, you know, that technically I could be charging them for, but I like for me, I didn't really start this just to, oh, I want to make a lot of money because initially I had my resume rate super low. I mean, I raised them up now, but they're not as high as I've seen. And I was like, I did this more so so I could help people and give them a, you know, a unique perspective on how to get into this industry. That's why that, that I think that blog article, I got to check how many views it did, but it did pretty good because a lot of people have pretty much been kind of lost on like how to get into the industry. Man, and that's that's the main reason I wanted to, to to talk to you because I didn't realize how many people was following me on LinkedIn. And when I had when I when I would post my certifications or just random posts, I would get people liking it. And, you know, I, I did my SEO thing. So I, I kind of got some good responses at one point. But when I actually got in, I thought that it was just going to be people saying congrats or, you know, people reaching out to me from that for advice that weren't in the tech field, probably more so veterans or, you know, people that was in my position, you know, Hey, I'm in school, I'm about to graduate. I had people that, you know, been developers or they've been on a networking side for X amount of years saying, man, Antoine, how'd you do that? 
So, yeah, what, what you bring to the table is is definitely important. And I think that it's, it's really important that, you know, you, you do put some kind of monetary value on your time, whether it's for a consult, consultation or whatever it is, because first, that in itself is, is a valuable skill. But you got to think about all the time and effort that you put in just to to gain that knowledge should be able to share it with the next person. Man, and, you know, like me and uh, shout out to Justice. Uh, just divine uh, like her and i was talking about it's like you know people want it free but it's like shoot we we pay money into school for this too man you know you know yeah. <laughs> like we paid a lot of money you mean you can't tell you can't pay you know a haircut you know to get some advice or you know some new clothes or, or a dinner date you know to get an investment that could potentially make you a lot of money that's a lot that's really how you got to think about when you make certain purchases like what am i going to get out of this and that's pretty much you know how I look at stuff. And I'm actually been happy. You know, I've, I've had people, it's not like I'm the biggest, you know, fish in the pond, but I've worked with some people who've also worked with people that have some of these platforms on LinkedIn that are bigger than me. And I was like, bro, you really just really put me in there, you know, saying I work with so-and-so, but bro, you really just, you know, did your thing. And, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, real recognize real like when you speak to me and i talk to you know i'm frank like when i do resumes to people i'm frank with them i was like oh well i'm not gonna do that say show me we're gonna put only stuff you know how and what you did and what courses you put i'm i'm not gonna buffer it um because my integrity i might say oh he be you know boosting up people's resumes i'm gonna dress up exactly what you have and it's gonna work for you because i have a client um it's the the resume that's on my page uh, man, her, her, you know, shout out to her. It's funny. I don't know if she just made a resume just to send to me, but her objective at one point said, because I need a job or whatever. But I fixed that up. And, you know, and she's got, uh, I think she told me she got a part time um, cybersecurity position. And I was like, that's, that's big. Right. Because, you know, if you look at what I did to her resume, it wasn't nothing like super fancy. I just put the, the courses she took at uh, LA Tech. And kind of the, some of the skills she used that work, you know, now. And I just dressed up her job descriptions with like accomplishments she did within the job. And I made her a clear cut objective on, you know, what she wants to do with her career. And and that's pretty much it. I mean, I've seen some where people like have made resumes super wordy and I'm like, that's cool, but it's really not saying nothing. And you yeah. come you come off as, you know, if I'm a dude, like, oh, okay, this dude must be a, a super smarty or he pays somebody $800 to do this that just do resumes, but they're not in the field because, no, it just let's be direct. I repeat this. So first, don't run my ear. I don't want to, if you got to tell me, if you can't tell me what you need to tell me in one minute and you talking for 30 damn minutes, I don't need to listen to you. That, for, for that, that's what I, that's, I'm super frank and I'm straight to the point. If you can't tell me exactly what it is, that means you don't know what it is. You know what I mean? So I, I, I dig that, you know, and that's one of the things that helped me with my resume. It was super chunky when I got it back from the um, higher heroes. I just sliced it down to like, just put the hitters on there. You know, when you talk and put the hitters on there and then my, my man, Henry, he'll, he'll hook y'all up. Talk to Henry. He know what it is. Um, I did have another question since I know that you do got people that you mentor on it and you also, you know, I'm pretty sure you got wild success stories from people that, like you said, hey, I just need a job to, hey, look, now 
they got something that they could deliver to an employer, you know, and actually earn a position. Do you have any kind of uh, conversations with the people that you work with in terms of like how we on this platform right now? I, I think that might be, you know, some awesome, not only to big yourself up, but so that other people like get them influenced to like, Hey, I can do this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's in the works. Um, most of everybody that uh, meets with me, I send them a link to, uh, I have a Slack space. Um, hmm. Anybody, if you're still on here now, if you want access to the Slack space, reach out to me. Uh, it's free for right now because not a lot of users. So I've just been trying to get it populated. Um, but, you know, we don't talk as much in the Slack space, but the Slack space is there. I have my work phone and I, I text everyone like periodically, see how they're doing um, just to see what type of office they got and, you know, what's going on with them since they talk to me. You know, I've been hearing some good things, uh, uh, some things that, you know, it, it, you know, it for me, it's like, I think we're coming to an age now where like a lot of the gatekeeping and, and infosec is coming down because people are realizing like, you know, we are, I know what they're doing. It is, it's really more of a job security thing, protecting job security, trying to make it like it's so hard to, to get in when you get just a person, some people who probably don't know a lot will come in and just kill it just off of intrigue and curiosity alone, probably be one of the best workers you'd ever find. But some person probably wouldn't hire them because they didn't have the paper credentials. But you can you could teach technical skills, soft skills is really the hardest skills to teach uh, for people. That's the hardest thing. I'm more, you know, what was something that I think somebody said the other day? Like I'm more people over over process, you know. So man, peep this the uh, the hiring manager and this his his name is AJ. I keep I don't like keep saying hiring manager. My man AJ told me, look. I had been trying to get out of sales, I told you, for a minute now. He said, that's the thing that I wanted to hire you for. Like, yeah, I see that you got the technical skills, but that's a dime a dozen. He said, man, I, I interview with some people that's super techy, and that's all they do is tech, but they don't know how to effectively communicate, not only within the team, but to the client. So by you having that ability to speak to people, and like you said earlier, you know, in, in a layman, you know, and communicate what you're doing, that's why I want you here. So everything you just said, yeah, you on point. Definitely, bro, man. Well, like my phone is ringing off the hook, man. This is, <laughs> this conversation probably could could go to like ten o'clock if, if we both just uh, stayed on here talking. Yeah, um, battery charged up. Mine about to die too. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, um, but no, nah, this is I enjoyed this, man. This is actually, hey, guys, for you guys that don't know, I didn't prepare any questions for this. We freestyle everything and i think it's things gonna come out good i think everybody's gonna like this um but if you do want to shout out like you know social media tags uh you can shout them out right now i also make sure i put them in the description as well all right so on uh linkedin just search antoine matthews i think it's like ar matthews after the linkedin or the backslash and then on ig i'm gonna be frank y'all not gonna see nothing it on there that's me getting after it hiking and and fighting and everything like that, but that's at motivated Matt on IG. And um, yeah, man, hopefully I'm gonna be like my man Harry one day and, and have me a, a YouTube channel. <laughs> this is the this is the beginning, I, I guess. But yeah, holla at your boy, man. If y'all need advice, man, get at me, get at me, get at me, get at me, because this has been a, a good adventure. And you see where I'm at. I, I ended up on a big stage. I'm talking to my man Harry right now. This is cool, man. Dope, dope. I appreciate that. Everybody, y'all know how to find me. Techno Chatter YouTube, Textual Consulting on Instagram, Textual, what's it, Techno Chatter 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Textual <laughs> Chatter on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, my first and last. Uh, man, you name it. All the links are always in the description. You know to do? Click. Um, and yeah, listen to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Help me out. Yeah.